Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my Elevate podcast. So in addition to the awesome interviews, a few times a week, I come on here just to share some quick thoughts and tips I think will really help you in a practical way, either your business, your mindset, or even your health. So while you're waiting for your Starbucks or picking up the kids or maybe just brushing your teeth, these are good quick hits to help you get on your way. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Today, I want to talk to you about how to avoid or unravel the shiny object syndrome in real estate. What do I mean by this? Well, anyone that first enters the real estate investing space, unless they've been around it for a while, typically thinks of real estate investing as buying rentals or slipping homes, because those are the two ways that you most often hear about, and they are really wonderful ways of investing in real estate. Um, So much so the vast majority of investors, even very sophisticated ones, often have those two things as part of their strategy. But when you start diving deeper, you discover that there are literally a million different ways that people invest in real estate. They wholesale, they do creative structure deals, they JV, syndicate, they buy tax liens, they do notes. I mean, God knows what else they do. And then with even in that, they niche into it. So let's just talk about, for example, short-term rentals. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that's a VRBO. Is it just a VRBO? Are they doing lease arbitrage? Are they doing something ultra luxury? Are they specializing in traveling nurses? And they have all these different, you know, properties that just niche into that or corporate leases. Or wait, maybe they do college campus rentals with short turns for professors coming in out. Or I mean, there's a hundred different things that you can do with a short term rental. Wholesalers, are they local? Are they virtual? Do they have a like a hybrid going on with the wholesale creative finance? And wait, what the heck? What is creative finance anyways, right? You can see how this keeps going and going. And how do they find their buyers? Do they have door knocking teams or bandit signs, VAs out of the Philippines? Are they besties with the local probate attorneys? You know, a lot of wholesalers have niches that they've really specialized in, and that is their specialty. And when you go out and you start learning about all this stuff, and you start getting on social media and seeing all the different gurus out there, you realize that, holy cow, there's so much out there that people can do. Even flipping can mean different things. Do people flip, flip, or do they spec, you know, buy, scrape, and build, spec build? Or do they find value-add properties that can be bought and expanded on in some way to make a profit, right? Or do they tend to look for properties that um, they can split lots and then build two structures on it, right? What about land? People are like, well, some people just buy land, but why? Are they developers? Are they looking for mineral, water, oil rights, or some other play? Do they like agriculture land? And then there's investors that just like to be the bank. And you can go, okay, that's simple. But is it? What kind of bank? Do they like to be a long-term private lender, a set it and forget it kind of investor type person? Or maybe they're a transactional lender. They like those higher risk, quick hits. Or maybe they don't like either of those. Maybe they like to JV and be equity partners. Um, And so then they just kind of, you know, profit participate rather than take a flat fee. Some people just love to buy homes in such a way that they can turn around and sell them to buyers and act as the bank on seller finance. So even when you say, oh, I just want to make money investing in real estate by being a lender, that too can have all kinds of nuances. So you get the point. I could go on and on and on, but there's a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. And it can be flat out overwhelming for some and flat out exciting and intoxicating to others, right? We go on social media, we go to different um 
conferences and see different speakers. And you see these people having honed their skills and their specialty. Um, and they have these wonderful businesses and they're doing really cool things. And you can get really, really excited about it. Be like, man, I should be doing that. Forget about going on Amazon. I don't even know how many real estate investing books are on there, but I have to imagine it's in the thousands and thousands. You know, which one do you do? Which one should you go to next? And and just when you think you've figured it out, maybe there's another strategy. You're like, wow, I should really be doing this. I see this all the time with new investors. And what happens is they start to spin out really hard. I mean, let's be honest. It happens with seasoned investors. We see something that's kind of outside of our lane. And we're like, man, maybe I should be doing that too. So it's not just the new guys, but the new guys and girls especially can get really, really distracted for lack of a better thing. They can do one thing and then they do another and then they do something else, but they never really master it and they leave feeling really, really defeated. But here's what's worse. Some do nothing. There's so many shiny objects that they just become lifetime students. They read, they study, they travel for conventions. And years later, they really haven't done a damn thing. And of course, that sucks even worse, right? Those people feel even more defeated. So what's a person to do? Here's my advice. If you have been feeling that you're in the shiny object syndrome rat race, either chasing one thing and then another thing and another thing, or studying, studying different things. Oh, that looks good. Oh, this looks good. I don't know what to do. And you're stalled out. Here is my advice. It's two steps. First, you have to taste it. And second, you have to be really honest about who and what you really are. So what do I mean by that? When I say taste it, you have to get beyond the idea, and this is me air quoting since you're listening, of what that strategy or that investment style is in real life. And you have to go see what the nets and bolts are. You do this either by just doing it. Like some people just jump in. They just like, well, I'm going to go flip some homes and see if I like it. I'm going to go buy a rental and see if I like it. Or you get close and involved with somebody else who is. Now, that means you can either mentor under someone, and that's a perfectly good idea for some people. Others just need to go shadow for a day or two, and they will know if it is something that really works for them or not. You need to see what it really means to be that person. For example, you want to be a wholesaler because you make big assignment fees and it's so easy, right? The gurus online have shown you how, man, I made a hundred grand on this assignment fee, 30,000 on that one, oh, minimum 15, easy, easy, easy. That's great. But maybe you need to go spend a day or two with a wholesaler and watch them in front of their computer, comping deals, on the phone, talking to sellers, some of them nice, other sellers, not so much so. They're negotiating contracts. They're running their team. They're building their buyers list. They're building out marketing systems, walking properties, some of which are downright scary, right? Um, They're doing a lot of different things. And then you have to be honest about who you really are, right? That's step number two. Do you like heavy systems? Because if you're going to be a killer wholesaler, you need to have some really good systems. Do you enjoy being on the phone all the time? Are you comfortable walking into distressed homes, sometimes into not the greatest situations physically or just emotionally? And sometimes you have to go into some different areas of town too. Can you deal with a lot of rejection? And yes, all of this is real. 
if you're going to be a wholesaler. So are there huge advantages to being a wholesaler? Of course there are. There are people that are making fortunes being wholesalers. And so that's an awesome thing. And some of them love it. They love the game. They love the chase. They love the negotiations on the phone. They love talking to sellers. That is just such a good fit for them. But you have to know it's also a lot of work. Don't be fooled by the gurus that you see out playing on their big jets. They paid their dues to get to the point where they hired to do a lot of the things I just mentioned. And just like they paid their dues, so will you. It's the same with all different types of investing. Different types of investing suit different skill sets and personality types. And that's the key to find the one that lights you up the most. The one that's actually going to uh, be fun for you. And if it's not fun for you, it's something that just suits you, right? Some people are cold callers. Other people, they can teach themselves to be cold callers and they'll be great at it. And other ones, it's just not the right thing, right? That's just one example. So if you take into consideration all of the different nuts and bolts of what that thing actually is you want to do and not just the end result of it, I think it will really help you to put that on one side of the page and then put on the other side what you are all about, right? You're going to have to figure out what strategy is going to best match you and your personality, your skill set, your goals, and your simple likes and dislikes. And when you do this exercise, you're going to weed out a lot. So I'll use myself as a personal example. I personally do not like being on the phone all day long. I'm okay being on the phone all day if it is with more people that I know. I'm not a person who likes to talk to strangers all day long. I find it completely exhausting. And no, it's not fun for me to make a game and see how I can like get the people onto my side. Like it's just not something that I personally like to do. I hate being at my computer for hours. Hate it. I love a good spreadsheet. Don't get me wrong. But if I spend eight, 10 hours straight at a computer, my energy level is so low. It's actually physically draining to me. Um, and at this stage of the game, this might surprise you. I actually completely dislike negotiating for the most part with a few exceptions on behalf of other people. I love negotiating for myself, but for being in the middle as like an agency role, that to me is not something I really enjoy doing. I hate heavy systems and techie platforms. I hate things that like look like it requires code to be able to do it. And while I'm pretty good at it, comping properties all day long actually is not fun for me either. It makes me want to scream. But I am very comfortable negotiating and making decisions for myself. Like I said, things that will make other people sweat, big ticket dollar decisions that have to be made right now do not stress me out at all. I make them and move on and I don't even blink. That's easy for me. It's not as easy or fun for other people. I, like I mentioned, love a great spreadsheet. I like knowing where the numbers are at. I'm a thousand percent comfortable dealing with tenants and rentals. I can do that in my sleep. Doesn't move my meter one iota. Things that stress other people out about rentals and things doesn't bother me. And I find it very, very easy. I love taking something really ugly and I love making it beautiful. That process is fun to me. And I also love connecting with people, empowering others and creating scenarios where everyone wins. I also love figuring out puzzles. Sometimes that's really fun for me too, when it's my puzzle to be solved, not somebody else's and I'm in the middle of it. So just knowing this has helped me narrow down what I do and I don't do. 
I've structured things to lean into what I'm great at and I love to, and I, then I minimize, delegate and partner the rest or some things I just straight up don't do. You can do the same. So if you're finding yourself chasing and chasing and never really settling on something, go taste if you need to, and then get quiet and get self-aware. I think you're going to find that the options that make sense for you are actually much clearer than you might think. And that by a little bit of self-reflection and a little bit of practicality about what each of these strategies really involve, will will really kind of cut through the noise. So I hope this helps. I'm always trying to figure out the noise that I'm hearing in the market at a certain time and, and, and trying to give you some practical advice. So if this was helpful to you, please share it. Please send it to somebody. Take two seconds and send it to them. Um, maybe it will help them get where they want to be quicker. And that's actually what this is all about. So thanks, you guys. Love you listening in. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for joining me on my Elevate Quick Thoughts. If this spoke to you, I would be so grateful for you to give me a quick review. And even better, if you would share it with a friend. I'm here three times a week, so I look forward to catching up with you on the next one. See you soon.